Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 133. Shadow clutched the Liberty Dollar tight in the palm of his hand and waited for it to be over. And after far too long a time, the beating ended. We'll see you in a couple of hours, sir, said Stone. You know, Woody really hated to have to do that. We're reasonable men. Like I said, we are the good guys. You're on the wrong side. Meantime, why don't you try to get a little sleep? You better start taking us seriously, said Wood. Woody's got a point there, sir, said Stone. Think about it. The door slammed closed behind them. Shadow wondered if they would turn out the light, but they didn't, and it blazed into the room like a cold eye. Shadow crawled across the floor to the yellow foam rubber pad and climbed onto it, pulling the thin blanket over himself, and he closed his eyes, and he held on to nothing, and he held on to his dreams. Time passed. He was fifteen again, and his mother was dying, and she was trying to tell him something very important, and he couldn't understand her. He moved in his sleep, and a shaft of pain moved him from half-sleep to half-waking, and he winced. Shadow shivered under the thin blanket. His right arm covered his eyes, blocking out the light of the bulb. He wondered whether Wednesday and the others were still at liberty, if they were even still alive. He hoped that they were. The silver dollar remained cold in his left hand. He could feel it there as it had been during the beating. He wondered idly why it did not warm to his body temperature. Half asleep now and half delirious, the coin and the idea of liberty and the moon and Zoria Polishnaya somehow became intertwined in one woven beam of silver light that shone from the depths to the heavens, and he rode the silver beam up and away from the heartache and the fear, away from the pain and blessedly back into dreams. From far away he could hear some kind of noise, but it was too late to think about it. He belonged to sleep now. A half thought. He hoped it was not people coming to wake him up, to hit him or to shout at him. And then he noticed with pleasure he was really asleep and no longer cold. And that's our page. Shadow starts the page by clutching the silver dollar from Zoria Pulishnaya, while Wood just kind of, well, beats the shit out of him. It goes on for a long while, and it only takes up about two lines on the page. And then after that, Stone and Wood leave him alone to sleep or maybe to be with his thoughts. And I cringe this time because he's Shadow's crawling to the bed area and really he just pulls that gross-ass blanket over him. Just a couple pages ago, he was pointedly ignoring the possible blood, possible food, possible God's knows what stain on the blanket, and now it's on him and... Ugh. The page also states that he held on to nothing, and he held on to dreams, and the dream he has is a bit of a doozy. He's dreaming about being 15, and his mother is dying, and it was only recently where I realized that they, he, the page said she died half a lifetime away, which would definitely fit into his current age of 32. His mother's trying to tell him something, but the dream obscures it from him in the way that dreams do. Although I think it's also probably what was happening as she was dying. I think we, I know we get a small scene of it later, and it's not quite the same as this, but I imagine there was something that she was trying to tell him as she was dying in the real world as well as in the dreaming world. And he was 15 and probably a little hormonal asshole and wasn't able to figure it out wasn't able to pay attention enough to understand what she was trying to tell him. In the dream, and possibly in real life, what she's trying to tell him is who his father is, and it'll come up later. We'll we'll leave it at that, I suppose. We've already discussed that Shadow is a demigod. 
and that's why he's got the ability to make it snow, as well as possibly his ability to read people, and even his aforementioned ability to kind of just fade into the background, as it was mentioned in the prison chapter. So even though he's holding on to nothing, he's holding on to the memory of his mother, and also the silver dollar coin, and he received that in a dream, or at least it sure seemed like it. To quote Sandman, yes, Sandman, again, please read it, People think dreams aren't real just because they aren't made of matter, of particles. Dreams are real, but they are made of viewpoints, of images, of memories and puns and lost hopes. Of course, it's the villain of the first arc in Sandman who says this, but it's still true. Throughout Sandman, dreams are made up of nothing tangible, but it doesn't make them any less real. And in this moment, Shadow 2 is grasping the tangible in the coin, as well as the intangible, the dream memory of his mother's death. And the dreaming world is trying to give him information that he's either forgotten or has never known, but information that he needs, and he seems to be unable to hear it, or at least his waking mind is unable to interpret it and or remember it. Shadow hopes Wednesday and the rest are still at liberty, which is humorous because he's also clutching at the liberty dollar, and then his pain-wracked mind is combining Zoria Polishnaya, the moon, the literal goddess liberty, or maybe the Statue of Liberty, all the same source, I suppose. Either way, he falls back asleep as he ascends on a silver beam of light, and it's one of those things that I didn't really notice before, I don't think. It seems like it's happening in his dream, and I think it's also the coin healing him, because he's got the shit kicked out of him for a while, and it could feasibly be dying, even. I'm not sure if if the ascension portion is supposed to be shadows going to heaven and goodbye world. I guess I'll maybe I'll read it one more time and think about it at a deeper level later. Also interesting to note, the silver beam rides him away from fear and heartache. Shadow's been attempting to push down a lot of the suffering he's been under with stone and wood, but he's also suffering emotionally from the affair Laura had with Robbie while he was in prison and even the pain of her death and the shock of her resurrection. So he's got a lot to be afraid of, and he's got a lot of pain all associated with Laura in a lot of different ways. But we'll be able to talk about Laura again pretty soon. Shadow also spent a good deal of time in the head of a god. There's a squad of secretive government-styled agents after him and kicking the crap out of him. Laura rose from the grave less than 24 hours after she'd been buried. I mean, there's just a lot of crazy shit that's going on in Shadow's lives. But whether or not the ascension is a figurative or a literal thing, I do believe that, at the very least, this is the coin calling out because Shadow is unable to do so himself. The coin is calling out for protection, and he's asleep before he can figure out what all the noises outside the metal box are. But help and protection the coin is affording him is here, and Shadow's out cold. So why don't we discuss it tomorrow, because I am also out in the cold recording, and it is a good time to stop. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.